0: All right, so (laughs)
1: we're doing it together, we got this.
0: (laughs) We got this babe. everybody, welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of Belgariad and Beyond. This is a show where we explore magical worlds chapter by chapter, and we're beginning with the Belgariad series of books by David Eddings. This season is about Book 2, Queen of Sorcery, and today we're delving into Chapter 5. I'm here with my podcast partner, Alicia. Hi, sweetheart.
1: Hi, Sandra.
0: How are I'm you? Glad to talk
1: to you again. Oh, I I'm know it's been really ages. Good.
0: Again, ages. I feel know, like we've been, come on, we say, oh know. my god, it's been ages.
1: Well, to be fair, it was summer and I have two little ones that made it extremely difficult. Plus I was in and out of not feeling well over the summer. So that also kind of stopped us a little bit. Yep. But yep. Now
0: I'm feeling good and school's back in. So I know I can't wait to hear all about it. And so before we start the show this week, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the way that we structure our show and the people who are our people and the people who maybe aren't our people. And so if you're if this is the first episode you're listening to, have a bit of a think about this little discussion that we're going to have. So over the last week or so, I can't, um, the last couple of weeks, there was a review that we got in Apple podcasts and it was the first unfavorable review that or comment that um, I've seen and it's interesting when that happens the way that you react it was very definitely from someone who well I'll just read it out okay so let's just own all of the shit because that's what we do
1: reveal behind the curtain
0: yeah so it was a two-star review and he says, Disappointing is the title of the review. The podcast needs, in a word, focus. I do not need 20 minutes on the host's week before getting to the material that the show is advertised to cover. In addition, the discussion of the books is interesting enough, but shallow. The choice to present a first-time reader's view is interesting, but results in no extra con." extra textual material being presented. I was hoping for better on these books. Ta-da. So I read that and, and, and of course, I got the clench in the stomach. I'm like, oh, wow, you know, I'm the, I'm the kind of person who, I just want everyone to like me. And I know that that's not possible. And as I'm maturing, I realise that I really don't want everyone to like me at all. Yeah. What I want to do is be true to our work and our inspiration and the reason that we do this show and it's interesting as he says in here several times it's interesting but the people who are our people don't mind spending 20 minutes with us before we get to the meat of the show Mm -hmm. and i think that rather than disappointing the show being disappointing i think this particular person was disappointed because he came with an expectation that obviously wasn't fulfilled and that's okay because there'll be lots of other shows that he'll absolutely love and will be just for him and he will be one of their people
1: right yeah i think it's a really good point that um definitely like not everybody is for everybody and for sure uh we're, we're not for this person because you know, we have one way of approaching these books, and he had another idea in mind. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just like when you think of Harry Potter, for example. Like, how many podcasts are there about those books now? And like, I love MuggleCast, for example, but I can't remember the name of this other one that was pretty big a while ago. And I couldn't, I could not listen to it. They weren't for me. Yeah, so it's the same thing. I think here it's just you know.
0: Yeah, so that was good. But what I did get out of this, which was great, was the impetus to update some descriptions. I had a... Because the comment that he made that the show, the the material that the show is advertised to cover, I thought, okay, that's interesting. Let me just revisit the descriptions, which I haven't. Like, we've been doing this show for over a year now, and the description has remained the same since we began. And when we began... We were, you know, like, let's just take this thing out for a ride and see what it is. We didn't really know. And now we really have a really good, clear idea about what this show is and the format. And our structure is excellent. So the focus that he says is lacking, I thought, well, that was, I found it uh, a very, ins- uh, like an insight into the listener because... We're very focused and we stick to our segments. But within those segments, we let the conversation go where it needs to go and where it takes us. And so it's just a different kind of focus. And perhaps not the focus that this particular listener was looking for.
1: Yeah, I think that this show is definitely for people who are more intuitively inclined or more like, willing to see beyond the lines of reality. (laughs) Some people who are more logical thinkers or who read fiction for one reason that's not what we read fiction for, which is to kind of tie our own lives into those stories. Mm -hmm. You know, some people read fiction just to get away from their life because it sucks or whatever reason. I'm not saying that about him. I'm just saying I know a lot of people who read fiction for that reason.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah
1: but we don't. And so that's why this podcast is this way, because that's how we (laughs) have our stories in our lives. It's how we write our stories.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so it just, it helped me to really get a really clear picture about what we do and why we produce the show and the way that we produce the show. And it really, rather than setting me on my ass and making me rethink everything, it really was quite an empowering experience because I realised how, how centred I am about everything we do here and how proud I am of all of the things that we produce on this show because I think it's an amazing uh, listen an amazing experience for the, readers, for the listeners who are our listeners.
1: Right. It's possible we might need to update the descriptions a little bit now that we know exactly what we're doing. Well, I did,
0: um, actually. I, I went in. And I've updated description to make sure that I include the fact that this is an intimate discussion and it really gets down into our personal lives and we share that. And because, you know, I'm a holistic therapist, we're both authors, you don't ever know where the conversation's going to go. And that is the point of the show.
1: Yeah. I had a thought and I just completely slipped my mind when you were saying something.
0: I keep talking over the top of you. No, no, you do don't. You um, throw things at me telepathically.
1: <laughs> that would be funny. I was <laughs> um, <laughs> just trying to visualize it.
0: I just nearly spat tea all over my microphone.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's completely gone. I don't remember, okay. but that's okay.
0: Okay, so for the listener who has managed to scramble through all of this blah, blah, blah that we've gotten to and perhaps doesn't want to listen to the blah, blah, blah anymore. There is a way that you can skip from segment to segment. If you go to our website, belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com, I list all of the times for each of the segments of the show, each segment of the show. So you can skip to the time for Wolf's Wisdom, which is where we discuss the meat of the chapter, or you can skip to Prophecy Speaks, where we do our bit of prophecy and divination towards the end of the show. And you can skip backwards and forwards to whatever your favorite bit of the show is. If you don't feel like listening to the whole thing on any particular day. So that is listed on our website. And perhaps the easiest way to skip between segments is to go to the goddess Kindled universe YouTube channel, which I will put a link to in the show notes to which I am currently uploading episodes of our podcast. And if you go to the description beneath the video, you can actually click on the time for the segment you want to listen to, and it will take you straight there and That is probably the easiest way to get to the segment of your choice
1: yeah, and that's that's a huge thing to do on your part I mean that's got to be a little time time consuming so I hope people appreciate that fact that that's well, there
0: you know we've never i've never made a we've never made a point really of putting it on the show that it's possible so people who don't read the show notes wouldn't know that it's there or you know so and that's that's on us we never let people know that but it's been there since the very first episode yeah
1: I'm almost sure at the beginning of season one you did mention it okay but it was only a one-time mention you know yeah.
0: so I'm not going to mention yeah. it every every episode people who are listening to us and are plugged into our you know bothered to go and have a look at our website and have a look at you know us they <laughs> you're gonna get a pretty good idea of who we are and what we do um so you know welcome to the welcome to the show everyone <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna click that off and just to balance that out we don't have a bunch of reviews on itunes If you are a supporter of the show, if you enjoy listening to this show, please go onto iTunes and put your thoughts in and give us five stars because you love us and just tell us what you think of the show, why you listen to it. That would be great. We have a very faithful listener, hi, who really uh, helped me to pull myself out of my little bit of my little doldrum that I had sunk into while I was considering all of this stuff. Hang on a sec. (coughs) Oh, I meant to mute and I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) He's coughed all over you. (laughs) Anyway, so, um, darling Eric, he's been listening to us from the start. And I'm just going to, I, I'm I'm going to read out the little private note that he sent to me and I'll check with him afterwards and if he says it's not okay, I'll edit it out of the show. So this may not even be in the show, but he says, I listen to 76 podcasts regularly. Only seven of them are unscripted. Yours is only one of two that doesn't involve people with a public speaking background. It is good. And so... Those three words, it is good, from this particular person, is like me throwing glitter all over everyone and saying how lovely they are and how amazing and wonderful. <laughs> I
1: assume getting an it is good out of him doesn't come very often.
0: Well, it's just you know that when it comes, it's like solid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have to remember to uh send him a little may I use this note. <laughs> Uh, yeah and
1: then I just wanted to add the last bit of my thoughts on this where he he mentions that um he was hoping for better for these books like yeah. I just want to emphasize that like by having our personal discussions at the beginning or like tying in prophecy speaks in the end or you know how we connect our our lives to the magic of the books is in no way like us trying to make the books less important and us more important. It's the complete opposite. It's that we are, you know, first connecting with each other by sharing our weeks and also sharing our stories, the struggles and the triumphs we have. We share in the hopes that it's going to you know, help somebody who's listening, who might be going through something similar or who just needed to hear that today. You know, like I listen to a lot of podcasts because I know that they're just going to give me that nugget I need to get me out of a funk. And I think our conversations offer that for people, but then, you know, we move into, we spend a good, still at least half of the show talking just about the books. So, and I think that we're both Really sincere. I mean, I know we're both really sincere in our discussions of these books and the characters, and we really have. I mean, I'm growing an attachment to the characters. I know you already have a huge one, Sandra. (laughs) But I just wanted to make that clear you know, that Mm. we also want the best for these book discussions. So,
0: Yeah. yeah, so these are our discussions, these are our particular insights, and Hopefully it's showing our listeners, giving them a uh, an example of how they can find the magic in their own lives.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which is what we both are very passionate about. And I think any author who writes fiction fantasy like this is passionate about as well. Because why else write a story so deeply involving magic if that's not like part of a dream of yours? Right. Absolutely. So this author. Absolutely. It's in the same thought process as us, so.
0: Okay, so into Pogara's cup. Yay. <laughs> um.
1: Okay, so I'll start this one. I'm going to be super quick, but there's three things I want to share. But my cup has been really, really sweet. I say sweet herbs, just in a cup with some hot water and I drink it. Because I did finally go to a naturopath for all of this head stuff. Um, I finally invested um, the money that was needed for that. And she is studied in Chinese medicine. So we talked about everything. She gave me some herbs for dizziness and headaches. She gave me some herbs to help me sleep at night. And she gave me some for my adrenals to help me uh, rebalance them because they're obviously fatigued.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's been about a month, and I've also shifted a lot of what I'm eating. Um, I don't drink wine anymore. Uh, I'll save that story for another time when it's, and when it's right, but yep. wine basically in my system my system said no, you're mm-hmm. done.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and so I have been feeling completely energized and normal. I don't really feel I'll still have some time, times where I have to go lay down but it's not where I'm sleeping for three hours. I lay down for 20 minutes and then I'm kind of good to go again. Mm -hmm. So that's been really, really great. And then my kids are also back in school. So that's also been helping a lot. It's amazing what a difference that does for like your mental health, Mm -hmm. have that space at home to be able to do your work. Mm -hmm. So that's been good. And then this is just a fun note because I, I'm like two months late coming into this, but I was actually listening to Muggle Cast the other day. Cause I saw they posted an episode on the new ride here at Orlando. Um, this Hagrid's magical creatures. And I watched like a video, of someone go on it. And I was like, I need to get to Orlando. I need to go on that ride. <laughs> I knew These guys, I know what they do. And I know they're going to give a review of the ride because they went on it. So I'm like, I have to hear what they say. And in it, in that episode, one of them briefly mentioned this thing called Wizards Unite. It's an app. And I remembered a friend of mine a while back sent me the link saying, this is coming. We're going to do this. And I'd been so busy. I didn't keep up with it. So I'm like, all right, Wizards Unite. I went and I got it and it it was the one I thought it would be. And it's basically like Pokemon Go. I don't know (laughs) if you you
0: guys get that over there we did but I never my, like it was, I, when I was still in Australia years ago
1: yeah I didn't play Pokemon Go either I'm not a Pokemon person but this is supposed to be the equivalent of that for Harry Potter so I was freaking out and the app was free <laughs> and now every day I get into my little <laughs> thing and I'm literally just like I need to start walking around the parks and stuff apparently that's where the inns are and That's where you get like all the cool stuff and you level up faster. It's
0: it's actually very healthy because it gets you out of the house and walking around.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And yesterday I met my friend at SeaWorld. We went just for an adult day at SeaWorld. Uh is really great. But while I was waiting for her, I opened my app and I'm looking and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much here because it's like SeaWorld. I'm in the big city area. Uh So I'm just like, and I felt like kind of I'm like I am the nerd now because I'm the one on my phone like this and I'm like casting spells <laughs> and are nearby and stuff it was just the best thing ever
0: oh my god I so, love you you're such a geek
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I love it so I,
1: <laughs> I'm super excited for this app it's like literally lighting up my days
0: oh that's so cool okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that so much. I missed, I
1: missed being in the Harry Potter world. It's been a while since I really like jumped back in that much. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, this is good. Yeah, that is a world that is, is worth dipping into regularly.
1: Oh, yeah. And the music, I just have to say real quick, the music on the app is literally, uh, what's the guy's name? Chris, Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. Is it him? Oh, shoot. I think it is. He composes the Harry Potter music. Did uh, it? I thought uh,
0: he was the director of the, the, show, the, he's first the director. show. He's, he's the a director. He's the director. first couple of movies.
1: I have to look it up real quick. I forgot his name and I'm so mad at myself. John Williams. Okay. okay. So I it's John that. Williams. Yeah. His music is in the app. It's literally music from Harry Potter that they didn't use in the movies. No way. It app. Yeah. <gasps>
0: it's oh, so weird. good
1: it's worth so it just I'll just turn the app on and just like leave it sit there and I'll go walk around and do my stuff and I'll hear the music and it's just so
0: that's nice happy. Yeah, yeah I have a couple of soundtracks that I have a playlist on Spotify when I'm writing that are like mm-hmm. mystical or like for for role-playing games or whatever they yeah playlists it puts you right in the mood
1: Yeah. The Lord of the Rings soundtrack's another good one
0: for that stuff. So, so good. Yeah. Okay. My week. I am drinking Moroccan mint tea in my potion cup this week. Smooth and creamy, but too much of the same thing. Even when it's delicious can turn stale. I've been checking in every day, like writing every day, getting, you know, every morning I come in up to my office with bed hair and, you know, whatever I threw on to go and eat breakfast. And I write Um, and I've been doing one chapter revision, revising one chapter of my current magical realism novel every day. But then I stop after a chapter, regardless of how long it takes me, whether Mm -hmm. it's uh, uh, 40 minutes, an hour or, you know, whatever. I stop When, when I have allotted the entire morning until lunchtime as writing time. So right. all of this time that I'm wasting, but it's been, the reason I say too much, you know, of the same thing gets stale is because I, I've i come to the end of the, the end of the beginning phase when yeah. I love beginnings. I love the start of things. It's all shiny and new and exciting. And then it right. dwindles down into, oh, this is work. So, mm-hmm. so But it's been really good to to build momentum. And now that I've got the momentum of coming to my office every day and this is my writing time, today was the first day that I used the entire morning. And so I used the first half of the morning until cup of tea time, you know, mid-morning. It's like this, I'm going to do my revision. And I'm just going to keep doing it for as long as that time is, whatever. And I got two whole chapters done instead of one. I had a break and then I came back up here. And then for the second half of the morning, I started outlining a new book series. Another new book series. Because, you know, I don't have enough of them. <laughs> and that's what I so I used the entire morning for writing time.
1: That's good. Yeah. That's
0: a huge thing.
1: Uh, it's easy. Like I think people might think it's easy to just sit and write for a few hours, but it's really not. It's, it's really not. It's- <laughs> lot of commitment yeah. so i i understand that that's a huge thing
0: yeah so so i didn't want to let the momentum go like i didn't want to get into the stage where i'm like not coming up because it's not new anymore and it's a bit of a effort mm-hmm. just it, making it a little bit different like just changing up the way i do things in my head like okay one chapter, you've been doing one chapter, that's great. Now we're going to move it to this length of time and you're just going to do it until the time is up. And just that little change is enough of a change that it's new again.
1: Yeah, yeah I think you have to change stuff like that up uh, every so often when you work from home or when you're a writer because, yeah, it can get really mundane. It can get really hard to feel inspired to go do it. Mm-hmm. Like you're just kind of like, oh, okay. I'm going to sit here for the morning and uh, just type. Okay. That sounds like a thrill, <laughs> you know? And then there's times where the story is pulling you in. So it is really exciting.
0: Yeah. Right. And it's, it's kind of ridiculous. I fight so hard against myself trying to get myself to the chair. But then when I get to the chair, I'm like, this is brilliant. This is all brilliant. Why am I not here all the time? That's, yeah. Total head game.
1: You know what? I forgot. I have to just show one more thing real quick as you said that because I actually, a afraid people don't know this, but this the story grid, you know it. Yes. I took my, my novel through that for the first time. <gasps> I saw and that. And I was amazed at how intuitively I just kind of did it because I got done. I was like terrified to see what it was going to be. I finished it and I was like, wow, this makes complete sense. It's all here. It's all already flowing. Like the grid is going how it's supposed to go. For
0: those of you who aren't authors, the story grid is a way of editing a book for seeing that the structure of the story is sound.
1: Right, right. Uh, The story grid, you can just Google it and it'll come up if you wanted to look into it. But um, so now I'm just going back my, my novel through scene by scene Mm -hmm. and it is it's that same feeling of like oh my gosh like this story is the best shit I've ever written
0: (laughs) it's like I I saw your I got your email like your newsletter sign up for Lucy's newsletter if you're into that sort of stuff Uh and I was so excited I was inspired to go you know what I've always been kind of intimidated by the story grid but maybe I could actually use it
1: yeah, it is. Um, it's helped me because I've listened to so much of the podcasts that they do. So him and Tim, the back and forth with Tim's draft. Yeah. So like, like Sean Coyne, who is the editor of the Story Grid. Yeah. He has a podcast where he takes a beginning author through his writing, his story, and then they edit together on the podcast. So I've listened to almost all of those. And so hearing them talk about it, it was just starting to all click, 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 click. So I was finally like, I'm going to use the book, go through it and actually do it.
0: Okay. I have a question. Yeah. If you hadn't listened to the whole podcast, do you think you would have been able to use the book as well as you did?
1: Probably not. Sean Coyne, his mind is like, whoa, up here. Like the way he thinks, the information he retains, I'm just like, how is that possible? Mm -hmm. Um, But And when you hear him speak now, he's so much more, like, grounded. He's so much more open about what the story grid's really supposed to be, and it's really meant to be a way to, like, allow everybody to tell the story they want to tell and to make it work. And he really has so much heart that he didn't show in the beginning.
0: Is that right?
1: Yeah, that now I just feel this. When I hear him speak, it's like this man gets it. Like, he... He gets it, and he's an editor, so I feel drawn as a writer
0: now to him. Now I have him. to go back and listen to the podcast from the beginning, it's going to take me year. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, well, you could at least start. I mean, anybody who loves stories and wants to know how they work, even if you don't write them yourself, like, you can just literally go pick up this book, go watch your favorite movie, and then start breaking it down to see how is this story so good? Why do I love it so much? You know?
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there That's you go awesome. if you want a bit of extra textual content there it is yes sorry, I'll, I'll, <laughs> sorry. Stop, I'll stop being a bitch now sorry for my rant no 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 not at all <laughs> absolutely not at all all okay. right garyan's view come on be my garyan all right so
1: in this one chapter five it starts with Garion you know they're still in the woods and I don't know what is it that he's restless or something he gets up in the night to go for a walk
0: well they've had the they've just come back and settled down from that big fight where people were getting killed
1: okay um so they're still at the camp and stuff and and it's nighttime and he's walking through the woods and then he spots the wolf and the owl and then of course we know what happens from there that they're not really a wolf and an owl which we'll find out as we talk about the chapter but then he he goes back to camp he's like all distraught and stuff but they pack up and get on the road but they're stopped by a mimbrate army who kind of gives them a hard time until this Tolnedrin group of knights i guess comes through and the guy kind of has more power i guess so he's like no just let him go through so there's some tension there between the membrates and tonidrens, which we've heard about already now we got to see it so they get to keep going and they approach some inns to sleep at we get a little bit of just some story there and then they go to one last inn in this chapter that's at like a really suspicious like dreary looking town that garyan really doesn't like And the chapter kind of just ends there. And, of course, there's one more encounter with Vergarian, with this dark figure.
0: Okay, into Wolf's Wisdom. Mm -hmm. Now, this is where we get into the discussion of the chapter more deeply and talk about things, the, the, the story and the characters. Yep. So, yeah, so the end of the last chapter... They'd had the fight with the robbers in the forest, and um, we'd. L- Garin had gone back to his tent, leaving Aunt Paul with her arm around Dernick, comforting him because he had just killed someone for the first time. Right. Um, and so he he can't sleep, and he's he's been clobbered over the head when he was kidnapped, so his head's aching. Mm-hmm. You know, it's past midnight, and he just gives up. So he goes to find Aunt Paul, but Aunt Paul's not in her tent he's a little bit alarmed but um, Hetar seems to be fine. Hetar's watching, you know on on watch and he doesn't seem to be worried at all so Garen makes his way down to the stream because the brook behind the, the tents to kind of bathe his head maybe and try to get rid of the headache and I was reading this and thinking, oh god what if, if I didn't have paracetamol when I had a headache because, oh, you know, yeah, chamomile tea is good. Yeah, lavender is good. But, you know, sometimes you just have to take the Panadol.
1: Yeah. It's like my friend who always says, if The Walking Dead really happened, what would people with glasses do? What would we do? Like, if our glasses broke, what would we do? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. We walk around blind. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was funny. But, yeah, yeah it, it is, it's true. And, and so to get rid of his headache, his option is to like dip his head in some cold water. And...
0: Yeah, which is totally valid and actually works sometimes. And feel, it's, it's soothing anyway. So he doesn't get all the way to the brook. Something happens before he gets there. So he's quite a distance away from the tents, um, heading down to the brook. And he comes on a, a clearing, a little clearing. And he sees a movement. And there's a wolf and so he stops really still beside a tree just watching 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 this old old beautiful old dignified wolf
1: yeah this this scene reminded me so much of game of thrones because of the dire wolves
0: oh i don't know the story
1: yeah the dire wolves they're just the wolves but they're huge and they're so ancient and the lore that they're almost really really like wise more like they lead the packs Mm -hmm. they don't become an animal they're the leader and uh that's what I got the vibe of this like Mr. Wolf reminded me of that
0: Mm. Uh, he's not giant or anything
1: right right but just the way they describe him
0: yeah he feels really big doesn't he like his presence
1: yeah like it's his presence yeah and then too, with like how it describes the, the fog seems to be illuminated around.
0: Couldn't you just see the luminous fog, this pearly kind of magical thing? Like, couldn't you just feel it all around you when you're reading it?
1: Yeah. You get a really relaxed feeling in this part of the chapter. Yeah. Because it's like, like initially, Garian he's kind of unsure, but it doesn't feel at all threatening the way it's
0: described. So it's going, really I, I read this, I, and I, as I started, as I started reading the this chapter, I went, oh, oh, it's this chapter. Oh, it's this chapter. I can't wait to talk about it with Alicia. She's going to love this oh chapter. God.
1: Yeah. It also, because, well, let me first like say here that he, you know, he watches the wolf for a while and then it's the owl like swoops in and lands. So now he's like, oh, there's two animals here. That's kind of, strange and then i guess it's just in like this whim of something happening and then all of a sudden it's aunt pole and mr wolf there yeah so this part really took me back as after to reference to the very beginning of harry potter in the first movie with dumbledore and mcgonagall when she when
0: t- she transforms she,
1: she changes from the cat into herself and there is that kind of like Illuminated fog in the in there the neighborhood is, behind him. Yeah,
0: but it is a beautiful description in the text of the way that he describes the the shimmering, like the 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 air is ed, had, There are eddies in the air, and things shift and between one blink and the next. It's yeah, you know, not the wolf and the owl, but Mr. Wolf and Aunt Paul, and she's still sitting in the tree, which I love.
1: <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: The muley, muley perched in the tree.
1: <laughs> right. Um, so then they start talking about, you know, first they're just kind of, it's it's nice to hunt together again. We haven't yeah. done this in a long time, um, which is interesting to me. I'm like, well, how, how often did they hunt before? And what were they hunting? You know, do they, as animals, are they just hunting like rats and whatever those that's animals
0: the, eat That's the image, the image that I get, like just regular hunting that a wolf and an owl would do for themselves yeah. as a wolf and an owl.
1: Right. It is like um, the diewolves and of Thrones. it's the same like well, this guy can this kid can like uh, warg into his wolf, but when he's in the wolf's body, he's hunting like deer and other small animals and he's but when he comes back to his body, his body's still empty if he hadn't eaten, but he would just keep going into the wolf to be able to eat and feel full for a moment.
0: Is that That's interesting. That's an interesting concept.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, love, I love that. But yeah. So then, you know, they, they have this little bit of small talk. It's a very then,
0: comfortable little section of small talk between poll and wolf because so often in the other texts, it's they're, they're combative almost. Mm-hmm. Um, or disagreeing or disagreeable or seeming like they're bickering. But there's none of that here. It's such a lovely, deep, quiet, soft connection.
1: Yeah, I think so. It's the first time you see them this way, really.
0: I think so. I can't remember another time like this that shows that really intimate connection off the top of my head. Except maybe when she really early in the first book when she called out to her father, I need you, in her mind, when something had happened or just after the fight that Garion had had with um, Rundarig, and they'd had that little instance where he had said Torak's name for the first time and Aunt Pollard smacked him on the face I think it was then that she sort of, when he had gone to sleep and he could sort of, he heard her voice like, what's the text? Heard her voice like a silvery fish beneath the surface or something, calling out to her father, Father, I need you. And then the next day, yeah. the storyteller arrived. But yeah. that had the same kind of feeling that really lovely, soft, deep connection. Yeah, I agree. Um, but
1: then they shift their conversation into, uh, almost you wonder if, it, if when they say hunting too, they were kind of looking for these Grolums or oh, whatever else right. might be following
0: them. I only read this chapter this morning and I, I like, <laughs> yes, they were. They were actually, they had a purpose. <laughs> so just like yeah. Mr. Wolf says to Art Paul, you did, you know, look for the things that you were supposed to be looking for. I was not, I was not, I had forgotten. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so we find out Mr. Wolf got close enough to hear what was being
0: said with this group that he found. And also, they were looking for the people who had attacked them. Right. Yeah. Okay. And they were just like normal. They, they figured out that they were just normal robbers uh, probably reporting to a murgo. and Art Paul's like, well, shouldn't we go and take care of this person who set them upon us? And Mr. Wolf's like, well, look, there's no point. We, we know it's a Grolham. That's all we need to know. Grollins never tell their hirelings much at all. Um, so he won't be able to tell us anything anyway. So, yeah, I'm uh, just
1: kind of re-skimming this part.
0: Yeah. I... So they go back to the camp and they, they get everybody up and say, okay, let's get going. I want to be away from this place before the sun comes up. And so they right. head onto the road and then they run into the, the knights.
1: Yeah, this part was interesting. Okay.
0: Like... So what did you find interesting about this?
1: Well, it's, you know, I like that Hetar is the one who first picks up on the horses approaching. It's like just a good little thing there. And then um, Silk is kind of like, let me handle it uh, before they even get to them. He's like, I'm the one that's the best at talking, so let me
0: talk. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And so Laldoran is the one who immediately recognizes them as Membrate Knights. Um, And then...
0: Not friendly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He seems like he, he wants to like, just go out and get them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But Wolf is able to talk him out of it. Like you need to keep your feelings to yourself right now. Mm-hmm. It's not going to help us if you
0: mm-hmm. have some kind of a yeah. breakout. Wolf doesn't even really talk him out of it. He just says flat out. No. You mm-hmm. bloody toe the line <laughs> and yeah. behave like you're the, uh, a membrane sympathizer, like young Barentine back at your uncle's house.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Antpoll backs him up on it, too. So I think Leldren gets the message of, like, all right, these guys aren't messing around. Mm
0: -hmm, I'll mm -hmm. do as
1: they say. (laughs) I don't want to be beheaded or something, which, of course, they wouldn't do that.
0: But he does it very well.
1: Yeah. So then they approach and, like, Silk addresses them, and they have a little bit of an exchange. He Silk calls himself the character he chose that he talked about before.
0: Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. But this uh, Mimbrite Knight isn't too pleased. Like he's being really kind of tough on him and
0: stuff. So, well, he's being an ass. Let's just face it. This Mimbrite Knight—he's <laughs> an asshole. He's showing off for the for the gang. He's you know got their they've got their um, lances and their pennons snapping in the wind and all their shiny shiny armor. And I just think that it's pulled the juice out of his brains and he's being an asshole.
1: Yeah. I mean, this chapter, they're so, I mean, I can't even talk about them all, but there are so many Game of Thrones relations. <laughs> yeah, I see it. Um, so, yeah, but, but I really like Silk stands his ground with this. Like, he doesn't even flinch, and he introduces everybody as they're supposed to be, like, how they planned. And, again, I just, I'm amazed. I find Silk an amazing character to me because he's the opposite of me like I couldn't do any of the stuff he does I I'm think, the worst liar yeah.
0: <laughs> but see the thing about this is the thing about Silk is he's not lying he is of Boktor he is the Dresnian merchant that he says that he is this is the entire persona he has built he has relationships he has uh, business relationships and personal relationships he is this person so he's not lying this is who he is he created this person
1: hmm yeah i mean i guess it's a little bit in his mind he's not lying because he really <laughs> really embodies the character exactly. and he really does things the character would do
0: yeah right yep yeah so he's just like you know uh, i've got got he's he's posing as a merchant um it's got sandara got woolens bound for toll which is a uh, um at told me Sorry, I'm, uh, down my my province of Vietnam, a Tonkinese city, um, on the other side of Arendia. and so that's where they're going. And the knights are all suspicious and stuff and don't want to let them through.
1: I just have to say, like, it cracks me up the way these guys talk.
0: <laughs> like
1: he's like, "Thou madest mention of robbers." It's just hilarious to me. Yeah. I don't really read novels that speak that way so seeing it here is so funny
0: well it's just it marks them as mimbrate I know, they
1: speak, I know.
0: which is like yeah so it, it it is it is well I'll be interested to to hear how you feel about it as the books go on like
1: yeah right now I get the impression that it's almost comical because they're the only ones that still speak that way it's like why are you holding on to that just yeah. to like prove a point or something you know yeah.
0: so we'll see we'll see we'll see how how that goes because i can remember the first time i read it i'm like what the fuck? <laughs> 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 it yeah. really annoyed me like i was just like oh but um right, I, right. I, I well, have, um, it. yeah i've i've softened quite a bit of <laughs> able to tell
1: yeah i'll be interested to see why as i read on (laughs) Uh
0: um yeah anyway so and then while they're while they're arguing about the knights want to keep them there to check everything over meticulously in case they're lying which of course they are and silk's like well no no i don't understand we just need to go and then all of a sudden a group of tom nidran legionnaires arrive
1: yeah that was interesting because it was the first time, like I said earlier, that we really saw the interaction of these two different people mm-hmm. and how they really kind of have this tension between them.
0: Yeah. And so these are not the Asturians and the Mimbrates. Okay. We live okay. in the same country. So Leldoran is, is an Asturian. Uh, is it Arendia? Arendia is the whole place, Asturia and Mimba. I was confused because
1: I thought it was the other group of people, Um,
0: um, which is... Let me bring up the map of Arendia. Okay, so Arendia is the name... Yes, Arendia is the name of the country. They are Asturian and Mimbrates who live in Arendia. Okay. Leldrin is Asturian. We don't have any characters. That are mimbrates, but these knights are mimbrates. Right. So the Asturians and the mimbrates really don't like each other.
1: So then, what is it about the tolnidrans that I got the vibe that he also doesn't like the mimbrates very
0: much? Right. Or maybe
1: this particular person, at least.
0: So Tolnedra is south of Arendia. It's,
1: mm-hmm.
0: south. it's another country. Okay. With an emperor. Mm. So the lead, so they're very commercial. It's a very commercial country. They have lots of treaties with lots of different countries that, and commonly the highways that the big highways that run through all of the countries are Tom uh, okay. They're the big trade routes. Right. So, mm-hmm. The 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 um, upkeep of them and the 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 law of them is belongs to the Tolnidron Legions. So that's why they are on the road. Does that help? Got it. Yeah. So they're yes. like the the highway police. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So they have the ultimate. That's why he makes that comment of the road is my place, right? Yes.
0: So I love, oh, did that make you laugh? I so laugh. Every time I read that, um, <laughs> I'm just going to read the, I'm going to read the section of the text. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me just, okay. So Silk is telling the, um, the legionnaire, the head, the, you know, the, the, the dude at the front of the column, I'm a Dresnian merchant bound for Tolhonas. I have documents if you wish to see them. Documents are easily forged, the knight declared. So they are, the Tolnedran agreed. But to save time, I make it a practice to accept all documents at face value. A Drasdian merchant with goods in his packs has a legitimate reason to be on an imperial highway, Sir Knight. There's no reason to detain him, is there? We seek to stamp out banditry and rebellion, the knight asserted hotly. Stamp away, the captain said, but off the highway if you don't mind. I love that. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Once you're fifty yards back in the trees, is your affair. What happens on this road is mine. <laughs> yeah. You understand the Tolnedrin connection now, and who they are. A little bit better. It's
1: still yeah. kind of vague, but yeah.
0: It it does get clearer. I, I like. It is confusing at the start. This is the first like time that we've encountered Tolnedrins, really.
1: Yeah. Just the fact that I now know the Tunisians and Asturians, right? Or Arendian.
0: Mm-mm-mm. In Arendia, it's the Asturians and the Mimbrates.
1: Right. So the Asturians and the Tulnesians are, are, I thought the Tulnesians were the Asturians in this. So just the fact that I can now know ah. the Asturians, and Asturians are two different people is a big help. And that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> different countries. Right. You were talking about the stamp away thing.
0: Yeah, so he's like, but, so the the Tunisian legionnaires are like, "Yep, bugger off! This is our highway." And- oh.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say, I really liked this guy here, the Tunisian guy, the knight, because he kind of in my mind, legionnaire.
0: Legionnaire.
1: okay, okay, because he stood up for you know them. In yeah. my mind, he was standing up for them, so that means yeah, totally. Me happy start to like this person.
0: Yep, yep, totally. And it's interesting, um, the little comment, like Silk's like totally into it and just bows really floridly and with a big grin to the Tornadrin and says, and, and they all ride away. And then Mr. Wolf's like, yeah, well, let's just get going because I'd rather not have the Knights coming back to get us after the Tornadrins leave. <laughs> so they, they gallop off. Um, and they stay in, the, in another Tornadrin hostel this is kind of important is did you have any did you notice anything about this while they're at the tall hostel
1: yeah with Garion, the fact that he needed he wanted to take a bath it's the first time and uh, he thinks it's the first time he's done it without aunt Paul having to like tell him to do it yeah um but because he feels like like he's dirty because yeah. of that that little battle that they had and what he saw, even though he didn't personally do anything, he saw so much that it made him feel like just kind of gross. He needs to wash it off.
0: It's a beautiful description in the text. I hope that like you're reading along with us listeners, because if you haven't ever read these books, it really is worth just, letting yourself get into them because it's really transports you into this other world. And some of the text is so beautiful. And, and this is one of those little scenes, I think just the way it's, it's um, described about the way that he feels such shame, such deep, deep, deep shame mm-hmm. um, at being at looking, being exposed to these ultimate secrets that the human body holds um, you know, it's a really interesting way to, I don't know, I just find it, I find it really beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's,
1: it makes you stop and think for a minute because it's easy to read these stories about people killing each other and whatever, but to have a character really stop for a minute and react to what's happened, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that helps the reader because none of us not none of us but most of us have never experienced that
0: <laughs> or done that I know, leave a comment listeners have you the, no don't leave a comment
1: I never want to exclude everybody but you know
0: yeah it's really
1: rare that we would have ever gone through something like that or seen something like that so it allows us to be like wow that would how would I feel that would kind of make me feel that way too yeah
0: and I think that's that's part of why I love his characters so much because we do get these little insights into, like, I get these little ins- into myself mm-hmm. as I read. It's wonderful. Yeah. And, um, and the other important thing that happens in this scene is that even, like, without even thinking, he just wants to scrub himself really hard and he takes off the silver amulet that Mr. Wolf and Aunt Paul gave him mm-hmm. when he's in the
1: club. Right. Hopefully he didn't leave it behind.
0: Um, well, I don't think I don't think he would have left it behind, but but yeah. It doesn't say
1: in this chapter, so I don't know what happened.
0: He yeah, it just says he took it off to to wash. I imagine he would have put it back on, but the fact that it's it's touched upon and when it was first given to him, remember there was the little exchange. Mister Wolf said, "Yeah, it took your aunt ten years to stop taking hers off, mm-hmm. like." it's something that needs to be on all the time like a ward or something and then um so they keep going for a few days down south towards tulnudra and one of the horses pulls up the lane leldoran's horse actually which is the only one that's not a horse that hetar provided so i guess that was why Balgarath was so insistent that they got Al- algarian horses under them so this sort of thing wouldn't be a regular occurrence
1: yeah yeah and that's i mean by the time they get him back up, you know it's already pretty close to dark, and they're not sure what to do, you know.
0: Yeah, so Leldrin says, "Well, there's a sort of a village of sorts, and in ahead." Talks about how the Lord of the Demes- of this particular demesne, demesne, demesne. Yeah, Some, I, no, I don't even know words stumped
1: me i'm like i've never seen that word in my life
0: you, i mean do you have this experience like i have it all the time the words sound perfectly okay in my head as i'm reading and then if i try to say them out loud my mouth doesn't make the it's weird or i make the word and it doesn't sound the way i imagine it sounds in my head it's great <laughs> right. well this yeah this word even in my head i'm like what I think it's and he's really greedy it's like the area and his taxes are crushing and the people have little left for themselves and the inn is not good and Wolf decides they'll go anyway and it's really really horrible and they're like the the it's it's a village full of beggars and it's just mud and it's very funeral
1: procession
0: (laughs) there's a funeral procession going on and it's just and this is in the did you notice the, the, the thing about the priest? No. So there's a funeral procession and everyone's in rags and the corpse is wrapped in rags and just on a board. And they talk about the richly robed and cowled priests of priests of Chaldan. Chaldan is the god, the Urendish god. Okay. And um, they're chanting a a hymn that had a lot to do with war and vengeance and very little to do with comfort. So that sort of speaks to the God of these people who war amongst themselves. Little little layer of insight there.
1: Yeah, that's interesting for sure. The, the ins, like when they, they step inside of the uh, inn, I guess, and <laughs> the description of that was really off-putting. Just
0: yes, horrible. It. It stinks. So, it's half burned the food is horrible is like really poor rotting everything's <laughs> rotting Right, and little Doran sort of it wakes up from that not seeing what's it right in front yeah. of him in his own country you can see there's just this little snick where you see him wake up in this sick horror sort of He can't hide anything. He's so transparent. It just shows.
1: Yeah, I liked that, that he's finally becoming aware of what Garion was seeing all along, you know, Mm. when they'd have those disagreements about the serfs. I think this is kind of his first, like, now I see what Garion was saying.
0: (laughs) And um, I love the way this chapter ends. Uh, Garion goes out for a walk to get out of the stench and just away, sort of he's feeling sick. And he sort of goes out to the edge of the village, out in the field. Uh, There's a boy about Garion's age playing on a wooden
1: flute.
0: Mm -hmm. A A cow herd watching a few scrubby cows. And the melody is just, you know, pure and simple and heartbreaking and beautiful. And they see each other and the boy just keeps playing and they just have this moment of connection.
1: And yeah, that that is a really nice scene. It's like that one beautiful moment to be followed by him seeing this black figure again. It's almost like he has a moment of peace before he's quickly reminded of everything he's facing.
0: Do you think that he's aware
1: aware of what
0: the black figure
1: yeah i think so because it said um oh where'd it go it says here um deep in his mind something tried to shriek at him but all bemused he merely watched mm-hmm. he would not say anything to aunt pull or the others about the figure at the edge of the wood at the woods because there was nothing to say as soon as he turned his back he would forget
0: hmm so, so there's aware level, of him. there's a level of awareness that's so deep that he's not even aware that he's aware mm. that's like he it's like you know what came to mind it's not exactly the same but do, do you watch doctor who no i
1: okay. want to so this,
0: this is like the silence character uh-huh. in doctor who where as soon as you turn away you forget that they were there okay and
1: yeah, I got the impression that he was aware, like I, t- I took it because I don't know the whole story yet, but I took it as he he is aware, but he's choosing to forget about it so that he won't say anything.
0: Oh, okay. That's interesting. Not, okay. That's how I took it. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> okay. You don't have to say anything. I'm not going to. I'm uh, because, and this is the whole reason that we have this discussion. And moments like this, I let I say, make you take the lead because, yeah, I want to know what's coming up for you as a new reader. Right, and I'm trying. Yeah, I mean, not to give you too I, much so it spoils the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't.
1: I didn't pick up anything about. Yeah.
0: No, no, that's great. Right. Well, it's interesting because I've never thought of it like that. Like he was d- d- dissembling, like, like oh, but I'm not going to say anything, like on purpose. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, okay. but yeah, that's
1: the end of the chapter. So, yeah, that's the end of the chapter. Good, Good chapter. Go now we can talk about the magic of the chapter. Okay. I chose the with Aunt Paul and Mr. Wool at the beginning of the chapter, that they're animals and then they turn into themselves. I
0: love that magic. (laughs) I knew that you would love that magic. (laughs) Yeah. My magic for the chapter is Garion's encounter with the shadowed figure on the horse because it's such deep, subtle magic, and I love that stuff.
1: Yeah, it's also like a hint of dark magic, which is always fun.
0: Yes, I do like a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, real life relating. What is your personal insight for this week? Um, well, it actually
1: has to do with the shadow figure on the horse because it reminds me of, like, and hasn't seen this, this guy in a while, right? Um, it's been quite some time and to me I don't know like his whole awareness thing or not or whatever if he's even knows the last time he saw him but it's kind of like he shakes this thing off the shadow for a while and it's gone for a while the next thing you know when he's least expecting it oh there it is again and it's kind of like stuff we deal with like I know I deal with Mm. when you think like you finally moved on completely from this thing. You're finally free from it. <laughs> and then maybe a year passes and all of a sudden it's like, bam, hits you in the gut and you're like, oh no. Yeah. So I relate to that. That's yep. what me of.
0: And those things come, those things are like a, a spiral. I know that we have cycles yeah. that we go through in our life, but it's not just cycles, it's spirals the cycle comes in closer and closer and each time we complete one circuit of the cycle, the, the lesson comes back around, but it gets closer to us. It gets more intimate. It gets more, we need to be more vulnerable to get through the next, the tighter spiral of this, this yeah. cycle that we're in. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm coming to understand that very well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my personal insight was, um, when Garion uh, like learns that his grandfather and his aunt can change into animals, and he's mm-hmm. completely stunned and shaken.
1: Your parents cannot turn into animals, can they? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but my my personal insight is, you know, that moment of learning secrets about your parents, yeah, like, I'm feeling just completely like, what the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, they think
1: that you can't hear them in the other room. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, God, I had, I, I, I had the bedroom next door. La, 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 la. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> so you put your music up real loud.
0: Mm-hmm. And sing. They'll get the hint. Yeah. Sing until they yell out for me to shut up and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, not, that, is, that is one of the things I was thinking of. But just in general, like, you know learning that your parents are human
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and have had lives before you were even thought of yeah
1: Yeah. exactly it's also another thing being a parent and being able to be vulnerable enough to show all of that to your child yeah and when is the right time to show them how much you know yeah
0: yeah Yeah. and that is unique to each child and each parent Mm
1: mm-hmm Okay. Here we go. Prophecy. I need to grab my book so you can.
0: So this week. And I realised when I went to check in on my last week's prophecy, when I did my check-in, that this week's question is sounds almost identical to last week's question. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so I must really, really, really need this particular answer. So That's last okay. week I had um, started, I had outlined a series of books. And I've done the same thing, This, like, I've out, that was actually a few weeks ago that that happened, like three weeks now. Uh-huh. And this week, so three weeks later, I've outlined another series of books, which is a different series to the other series that I was talking about last time. And so my question is, I'm just looking for some insight into the new fluff, I'll call it the fluff series, the fluff book series. Um, Something that I'm overlooking about the series.
1: I'm actually... That you chose.
0: Yeah, well, I haven't read it yet. It's new. But you have it now. That's what matters. So I'll be interested actually to listen to last week's uh, prophecy and compare it to this week's prophecy, considering the question is so similar, to see if it really is a different kind of motivation for each series or whether it's a different message completely. Uh, But specifically what I'm looking for about this book series is what is it that I'm overlooking? Okay. And did you say the book you're using? Oh, I didn't. I beg your pardon. The book I'm using is called The War of Art, Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battles. It's written by Stephen Pressfield. I've been wanting to read this book for ages, so it's on my my list. After I finish Cersei, I'm going to start reading this one. Sometimes if we... We're not conscious of our own resistance. We'll pick as a mate, someone who has or is successfully overcoming resistance. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's easier to endow our partner with the power that we in fact possess, but are afraid to act upon. Maybe it's less threatening to believe that our beloved spouse is worthy to live out his or her unlived life while we are not. Or maybe we are hoping to use our mate as a model. Maybe we believe, or wish we could, that some of our spouse's power will rub off on us if we just hang around it long enough. This is how resistance disfigures love. The stew it creates is rich and it's colourful. Tennessee Williams could work it up into a trilogy, but is it love? If we're the supporting partner, shouldn't we face our own failure to pursue our unlived life, rather than hitchhike on our spouse's coattails. And if we are support the supported partner, shouldn't we step out from the glow of our loved one's adoration, and instead encourage him to let his own light shine. Oh, there's a couple of layers to this, holy shit. So Spirit has decided to give me a reading on my life in general. <laughs> Uh, rather than the question I asked.
1: <laughs> I, okay. I want to hear what you say first and then I'll give my, what I got.
0: Okay. So the, the fluff book series that I'm writing uh, this morning, I, I started a new ritual. I am the supported partner in my partner, in a, in my relationship. And this morning I did uh, a new thing for the first time. And I said, today I, instead of just saying bye, have a good day, I said, today I will honour you by using all of my writing time and getting my books planned and getting my books written.
1: Yeah.
0: And that felt really good. And And you did it. And I did it. I did it. And so I, this... I did it. Oh, I did it. It's total confirmation. And I'm I, doing exactly the right thing. Yes, right. Good. Thank you. What did you get?
1: I wanted to just put a different spin on it that has nothing to do with your actual, like, relationship with your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I don't know exactly where you're at with your writing, but I know you are working on the Goddess Kindled series. Is that what uh, you call it?
0: Uh, so, the Magical series. realism is supported yeah
1: pull of the tribe series it was going to be like eight books or something right uh, it's five books five books okay what i what i was hearing from this reading as you had mentioned you started outlining a new story was i was envisioning your current stuff with the pull of the tribe as your spouse and yes. your outline as like this whole new I can't remember exactly what the quotes were that you said from the book, but
0: oh, shut the like
1: door. honoring your your spouse, meaning honoring your current work, yeah, and not and yeah, you can outline a new book and stuff for sure, but just don't get too distracted by it. Like still,
0: oh, thank you,
1: yeah. That's Thank what you. I was hearing. And yeah. I was trying to like keep my face like, <laughs> right? and like people watch this someday, they're going to think I'm cruel,
0: like giving all these smiles about her and her spouse and stuff. And, no, no, no. But I was hearing so it. Good. Thank thanks you. That's beautiful because I got the personal and you got the business, and now I've got them both.
1: Yeah. It worked out.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Nice.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay. So. I do have my check-in because I do remember kind of the last, my last prophecy, I was talking about being seen as an author, what I should, like, what should I do and stuff. And a couple of things came to me. Uh, I did try again to kind of get back into this thing of what am I supposed to be doing with my life? I mean, I know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. But how do I get other people in on it? And you're like, yes, we're supporting you as an author. We want your books. Mm -hmm. I tried a couple of those things, but they ended up just kind of taking me back down this hole of like, I didn't feel good. Yeah. 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 Because some of it involved Facebook and I'm just like, oh, I don't even want to get on Facebook anymore. Yeah. Logged in to try to like do this stuff, which was just like outreach kind of stuff, like join some groups and start getting involved. I was like, no, Mm mm-mm. I don't want anything to do with that. Get it away from me. So this week, I actually am still kind of related as well to the same, but it's a little bit different in that I want to know, like, am I meant to be doing anything specific right now to move myself forward? Because like, as you say, I am also, when I say supported, I'm the supported spouse. It means financially, I'm the supported spouse. Yep. Obviously, you and I support them in other ways, right? Oh, absolutely,
0: absolutely. But make it possible financially, make it all possible for it to run.
1: Right, right. Um, but financially, it is like, how can I ensure that I'm not just wasting our time and like wasting money because it's not happening? Yep. So I'm feeling like a little bit of pressure to make something happen. And I want to know: Is there any specific I need to do, or is it really just allowing it to f- unfold as it's meant to unfold without me having to step in?
0: Yeah. So
1: okay. uh, I'm using the Two Towers by J. J. J- I was going to say J.K. Rowling.
0: J.R.R. Tolkien.
1: And I don't know why this book just kind of popped up from the others today. So let's see. Um, the king now went down the stair with Gandalf beside him. The others followed. Aragorn looked back as they passed towards the gates. Alone, Eowyn stood before the doors of the house at the stair's head. The sword was set upright before her, and her hands were laid upon the hilt. She was clad now in mail and shone like silver in the sun. Kimli walked with Legolas, his axe on his shoulder, Well, at last we set off, he said. Men need many words before deeds. My axe is restless in my hands, though I doubt not that these Rohirrim are fell-handed when they come to it. Nonetheless, this is not the warfare that suits me. How shall I come to the battle? I wish I could walk and not bump like a sack of Gandalf's saddlebow. I feel like everything was just in what Gimli said Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much, but I don't, it was a lot to process. Like many, need, men need many words before deeds. My ax is restless in my hands. Um, it's kind of like me as a writer, I feel restless. I do because nothing's coming. And I'm kind of like, I've done all the inner work. I know it's always work in progress. You're never really there, but. I feel like things should have loosened up by now. Like something should have broken. Like I should have something and I'm saying should too much. (laughs) I just feel, yeah, I feel restless. Like, when is it gonna happen? When am I gonna um, feel like I have put in all this work and now I can repay.
0: What was the end of the reading?
1: Um, It says, how shall I come to battle? I wish I could walk and not bump like a sack of Gandalf's at Gandalf's saddlebow, which is exactly like how I feel. Um, yeah. Like I'm bumping around everywhere
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I just want to go like this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm going to leave this marked though. Okay. Um, but yeah. And I think it is maybe like stop trying stop trying to do things that aren't right for you because you think it's going to be the way out of this restlessness when it's not.
0: And I have an image too, the is standing there with her hands on the hilt of her sword, mm. like, shining in the sun and yeah. gifling along as though, you know, like she's like, it's like he's heading towards her standing strong and wanting to be that, sure of what he's doing, but not.
1: Yeah, and it's like she's the one in stillness, right? Yeah, he's the one that's trying to move, and he's fumbling. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's my answer. Like stillness is is still what I need to focus on because I, well, I, I've made progress.
0: Yeah. I'm still, Beautiful. I'm still working
1: on it. Yep. <laughs> You
0: got
1: cool. it. Awesome. I love Gimli. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy he was the one that came up. <laughs> that That's just makes cool. me smile.
0: Okay, so okay. what is your prediction for the next chapter?
1: I said that I had really no idea what to put and I just put something <laughs> important will be revealed about this town that they've stopped in because it seems like oh, the
0: hobble the, with all the
1: yeah the yeah. one that makes Gary and sick yep um, and last week I said they'll have an unusual adventure through the forest maybe one that mirrors the scenes of Mirkwood and Lord of the Rings more ambushes more answers that's close
0: yeah. really an ambush. Well, tra- animal transformation is an unusual adventure.
1: Yeah. And running into those people. Oh, yeah, yeah, are...
0: yeah. More M. Um, yeah. It's kind of like, yep. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you an eight. I... That.
1: Cool. An eight out of 10. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we have a hashtag for this chapter? Can you think of something amazing? Because you are amazing with hashtags.
1: Mm, i i don't know the first thing i think of is the wolf and the owl
0: okay great the wolf and the owl done so darling listener if you have listened all the way to the end of this podcast please hit us up on social media with the hashtag the wolf and the owl you can find us on instagram and facebook at belgariad and beyond and you can send emails to belgariad and beyond at gmail.com and you can find everything about the show at our website belgariad and and the link to all those places will be in the show notes
1: yeah And especially this week, (laughs) we would really love your reviews on iTunes. If you do enjoy the show, Um, please go over and leave a review so that we can get bumped up again and get bumped up even more to uh, so more people can find us who are people that are going to get value from the show.
0: And if you aren't an iTunes user, please go to Facebook, to our group on to our page on facebook and you can actually leave a review there which is really really beautiful and valuable and we would love it if you did that so you don't have to be an itunes user head over to facebook and put a review in there yep okay so that's us this week we will see you next week for chapter six of queen of sorcery yep
1: have a good one guys see you okay. next
0: week Wow, (laughs) we don't
1: record for three weeks, this is what happens, two
0: hours. That was epic well we had a lot of. I don't know when we actually started because
1: I know we talked for like 30 minutes before we actually started the show and then it was longer because we had the
0: yeah yep so the actual episode will be a lot shorter um, but you lucky lucky patrons you lucky lucky patrons <laughs> all of this other bullshit <laughs> yeah <laughs>